Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there, and I want to give a big thank you and shout out to all of my listeners, international, local, national listeners, all of you. Thank you so much for tuning in every week to the Transformation for Success show. I am so excited today. I have as my guest in the studio a wonderful man that I met some time ago, and he is none other than the highly acclaimed Joshua Berglund, also known as the world's mayor, which you will find out why he's called that later in the show. So let me just say just a little bit about the world's mayor. My guest today is the elite matchmaker, show host, MC, and an actor, and we're going to share more about him. He's a manager, uh, executive talent manager, master connector, speaker, MC. <laughs> I mean, he's incredible. I mean, he does it all. And he has his own show uh, on his broadcast, which is called Gratitude Unfiltered or Morning. Gratitude. So I, well, I'm so excited to have Joshua on the show today. So I told him, I said, I got to kind of hold myself down so I don't levitate. Because the one thing that I know about this man, he speaks his unapologetic truth. And I'm certain you're going to enjoy hearing his journey today. So I want you to tell your friends that if they're not able to listen live, they can download this show later via iTunes, Voice America, Spotify, Stitcher, Roku. I mean, we got it all. Or you can call in 1-888-346-9141, and we'll welcome your calls or Skypes, because we'll take time to answer them, and I know you may have some questions of Joshua. So now, indeed, it's a pleasure to welcome my guest today, Mr. Joshua Berglund. Drum roll, drum roll. Hi. Hi, Joshua. (laughs) Hi, Dr. Young. I always cringe when people talk about (laughs) <laughs> all the different job titles I have. <laughs> I, it's, in my, it's my least favorite question in the world. What do you do? I, uh, <laughs> I help people. That's, that's typically what I respond with. But when I think about all the industries I, I'm blessed to, to work in, helping mm-hmm. people, it, 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 it's a little exhaustive list. Like, no one believes it's true, but I'm very, very fortunate to, uh, yes, to have all of yes, those opportunities and being exposed to a lot of different worlds. It's, it's such a blessing. It is a blessing, Joshua. And when I met you, I recognized that and knew that I wanted to have you on the show one day. And because of your busy schedule, and I know how busy you are, it is absolutely a pleasure to now have you on the show. And listeners, you are definitely in for a treat. One of the things that I talked about you and shared with many, many people, um, and actually did a Facebook Live this morning uh, about you, because I wanted people to understand how many, many of us and many successful people have had to come out of darkness. And when you talk about how you relentlessly uh, shine a light in darkness that once prevented you from living your best life. And I know uh, in my heart, there's so many people who are living in darkness and many of them don't even recognize it or they don't know how to get out of it. So Joshua, I- I'm just really delighted uh, to have you uh, to share a bit of your journey and how and what happened to turn you around. So share a little bit of your child and how you state what happened that you lived in the shadows for most of your life. I'll give you the quickest version of the story yeah. that I can. Um, yes, that's great. I was, you know, I had, the, I had an amazing family growing up. My mom was Mrs. America. My father, uh, you know, was a very successful entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I was in a rock band in the 60s. I mean, he just had that swagger about him. And, you know, we had, like, going to the country club. We had, we had every, I, I didn't need anything, let's put it that way. I had everything so that lived, I needed. you lived a privileged for. life then. Yes. Yeah, I would say that it's privilege. Uh, it, was, it was really, really, had every opportunity afforded to me. Um, all that was great. And then my sisters, when I was seven years old, disappeared. Now, I say disappeared because in my seven-year-old brain, 
they disappeared. I didn't know why they left. No one would tell me why they were gone. I just believed that there was something that I did that made them leave. I didn't think that I, you know, I, I thought mm-hmm. that they didn't love me and they left. And so shortly after and that, I was molested by two. Huh? Back up a minute. Was it your sister and your mom left or who left? No, I have two half sisters that left when I was seven, but they were okay. to me, you know, they were my family. They lived with us and you know, they were my sisters. I half mm-hmm. sister, full sister didn't really matter. They were my sisters. Yeah. I looked up to them. I idolized them. And uh, they were gone, and I didn't know why. I had no idea why they left. In fact, I didn't know for almost 20 years. Oh, my God. Um, but right after that, I was molested by two men. Oh, and no. also, mm-hmm. that is when, around that time, <laughs> it was also when my father became very, very abusive, not just with me, but my mother and my brother. Um, and then come to find out 20 years later, that's the... the there were some inappropriate things that had happened with my sisters and that's why they actually left. Mm-hmm. Now I was a pretty that in itself. I've, I've been, always been a high energy guy, mm-hmm. but you know, being told that if I said a word about what was happening to me and when we would show up and make appearances at, you know, black tie events or we, we you know, we would go to the country club or we're showing up at church, you know, we had to act a certain kind of way so we, right. I didn't have a voice. I wasn't able to speak out about what was happening to me. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. by the time that I had gotten in, in enough trouble, I got sent to a guidance counselor when I was around 13 years old. And she was like, what is going on with you? Like, did something happen? Mm-hmm. And I told, I expressed to her what happened to me when I was molested by the two, those two men. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, that's normal for little boys to do that. And I'm <laughs> thinking to myself, oh, that's normal. Okay, wait a second. So in church, <laughs> I'm being told that I'm going to hell if this happens. You're telling me it's normal. They're telling me if I say a word, they're going to beat my blank. And, you know, I mean, and so, like, I was battling a lot of internal confusion. I, I, I was keeping shot. quiet about what was happening, and I was just full of rage. And thank God for sports because I was able Mm-hmm. I think my anger and rage fueled my success in athletics everywhere except golf. Um, and, and that was all wonderful until I got, when sports ended, and I no longer had an outlet. And these horrific night terrors and nightmares of what had happened to me, I didn't understand it. I was having dreams of, like, murder and dreams of, like, these really, the, the sexual acts that had happened to me. Mm-hmm. That that is what replayed over and over and over in my mind, and it I, it was just a very very toxic, yes. and painful childhood. Going into my teens, very confused, not understanding sexually what was going on with me, uh, wanting to recreate what had happened because I you know I don't think it's natural for any of us when you it, it, it's now that I'm older and understand what sexual abuse does to the brain and the body. Mm-hmm. Now things are making more sense, but for most of my life and living a double life and wrecking two marriages, I mean, I, th- th- I could, this could go on for hours, but essentially mm-hmm. abuse is something that like, happened to me when I was young, but then eventually I became the one that became the monster. Well, you know, uh, the thing that I appreciate you really, uh, Joshua, for sharing all of this, because, you know, I had no knowledge of this. I knew you walked in darkness for quite a while and came out into the light. But the thing that I really want the listeners to understand is that abuse, sexual abuse, there should be a Me Too movement for men. And I don't think that men have come out and and been really real about what has happened to them as well and the effects of it. And I think a lot of toxic marriages today with males and females, as a result, a lot of the males, because they were sexually abused as children or teens and did not know how to handle it, did not get and sought help as you did. So tell us. Uh, well, I didn't. Yeah, but I, I need to make something very, very clear. I'm glad that mm-hmm. you brought this up because this mm-hmm. is probably the most important thing I think I stand for. Mm-hmm. I wrecked two marriages living a double life. When, I, when sports ended for me, I started and I discovered cocaine and ecstasy and methane amphetamines. Like that made those nightmares turn to fantasies. And of I course. started exploring. And when I wasn't married, when I wasn't married, it wasn't like a, it wasn't as big of a deal because I wasn't hurting somebody. 
but mm-hmm. I wrecked two marriages, lost the right to see my twins because I was going, using drugs, sleeping with men because I didn't know or looking for threesome scenarios because I was always trying to recreate what had happened. And here's mm-hmm. the crazy thing. I'm having these crazy fantasies, but I didn't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm terrified of men. Like, Jason Cisneros, I'm 39 years old, and Jason Cisneros, like, eight months ago, was, like, literally the first man I've ever met in my life that I felt safe with. He was the first person in my entire adult life. Wow. He was the first adult male that I felt safe with, and, of course, he's a protector, so that doesn't surprise me. Right. But... I live this double life where I'm, cause I just want to feel normal. I just want to know that I'm okay. And I'm, I'm and like the church is telling me I'm going to hell and, and the counselor <laughs> told me this is normal. What's going on And drugs yes. are the only thing that is making me feel remotely normal. So I wrecked two marriages. I wrecked my health. Like I, I can't tell you the shame and the hell that I lived in for so long because of this double life and these lies that, that I told myself in living in shame. And so you're right about the marriage stuff. Look, there's, if men don't start speaking up, this is the platform I stand on is ugly truth because ultimately all of those things that hurt me are the things that set me free. This is like, I get to live in so much joy and so much happiness Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I'm standing in truth and that is also, that's standing on our platform going, I don't know exactly what I am sexually. I'm 39 years old. I've done all of this work. And yes, I still have triggers. Yes. Yes, I'm starting the ministry. And yes, this is true. I still battle with these triggers. I still have these issues, but I'm retraining my triggers. But the truth and standing in that truth is the mm-hmm. only thing that has allowed me to have a functional, happy, joyful life in every bit of it, every single bit of it has been the thing that has propelled my success, and that has been built off truth. All the ugly stuff. That is so, I mean, it's tremendous that you can share this because so many people will not want to be authentic because it's ugly. You, you think people are not going to like you. They're not going to, I mean, they're going to censure you. I mean, you had conflicting messages that it's, it's, you're going to hell on the other hand, and on the other hand, it's normal. What teenager can handle that? kind of uh, conflicted information. So, uh, Joshua, there was something that happened to turn you around where you recognized, you know, and I want to back up and say this because this was interesting. Um, This morning I was sharing with someone about how we are on a mission, but I can't help someone else unless I've been through that. So our experiences that we have, negative or positive, are for us to use those experiences because I can talk about domestic violence. I can talk about emotional abuse because I went through that. But I cannot relate maybe to some other challenges that somebody else can. So my experiences, yours, were used to minister to help other folks. But you can't you can't what give if- what you haven't gone through. <laughs> you can't give what you don't have. <laughs> Whatever God words. sets you free from, he automatically gives you the anointing to set other people That's free from absolutely. the very thing that you were a victim of. This becomes absolutely. your ministry. So so was it that you found your spiritual side? What happened that, that turned you around that you began to realize I'm whole, I'm, I'm you know, and made you whole in the sense? Uh, the, the journey to being whole is a <laughs> daily well, thing. Well, it's a, it's a daily journey, <laughs> um, but at least you, you came I, out it was of my, that. It was my, it, my sixth time in jail, um, which was my final time in jail. I was sitting, I, I went to jail. I told the officers, like, I, I, I have HIV, thinking it was going to give me special privileges, like they would put me in the, the country club version of L.A. County <laughs> Jail. And no. Uh, <laughs> and no, they didn't. They put me in isolation in this really small cell because I could have gone to like general pop where I was like hanging out and could have made friends and all that stuff. No, I got put in ice, this the psych ward unit where I'm in a super small cell. I can't see anything, but I can hear the maddening screams of crazy people. I'm oh. working my, I'm, I'm coming off of about two, eight balls of cocaine and a bottle of tequila. The first day I'm, I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm out of my mind. The second day, I'm going crazy because of all the screams. I'm going, oh, my gosh, I need something to help me escape right now. I'm looking for clever ways to maybe kill myself. I'm just, like, 
how do I escape this hell? And mm-hmm. I'm being told that I'm looking at five years in prison. Wow. And I start just like going, okay, I need something to read. I need something to read. They won't give me anything to read. And finally, I say, you have to give me a Bible. I would like a Bible now, please. <laughs> and I don't know where that came from. I think I saw it on a prison show. I'm not really sure. But <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, they gave me a Bible. And I'm reading this Bible. And I'm like, none of this crap makes sense. None of it makes sense. And I'm like, ah, I'm freaking out. And then all of a sudden, I remember my friend John. And John is a guy I used to party with who is now a pastor in Oklahoma City. And um, he started, it's amazing. Like, he's sober now, and he started this ministry called Good Fight Ministries. I remember him, and I go, John. So I started reading John. And I'm like, "Uh, okay, all right, well, whatever. And it just really wasn't hitting home. And then I bounced over to Proverbs and Psalms and back to Proverbs. As I'm reading Proverbs, I'm going line by line going, oh, my gosh, I'm doing that wrong. I'm doing that wrong. I'm doing that wrong. I'm really doing that wrong. I'm doing that wrong. Oh, my gosh. And then I get pissed. I start screaming at God. Why won't you change me? Why won't you fix me like everybody else? Why won't you change me? All these promises, all these people that you change. And I just hear about this miraculous changing of all of these people. You won't change me. And then God I swear to you, God said, you have to forgive your father. How in the hell am I supposed to forgive him? How am I supposed to forgive him for what he did to my mom, what he did to me, what he did to my sisters, my brother? How am I supposed to forgive him? Because it happened to him too. Oh my God. You got the truth. You got the bottom line. So all of a sudden I started to have compassion for my father Mm-hmm. And then I just started saying, Dad, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I showed up to your funeral high on cocaine. I'm sorry that I disrespected your name. I'm sorry that I wasted my life hating you. I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me for hating you? And I don't believe my father's in heaven. I really don't. Um, mm-hmm. But I just said, you know, I release your spirit. Um, I release you. You can go do wherever you need to go. But I'm just, I I forgive you, Dad. I forgive you, and I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me? And as I go through this process, I just started weeping uncontrollably. I went back, and I started reading John again. And um, then I made a decision in that moment that forever changed my life because I knew that I could be forgiven. I knew that I could be transformed. I knew that God had a plan for me. And I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. That's beautiful because you realize that God had a plan for you. And then I have a plan for you after break to finish your story. So listeners, stay tuned because we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Stay tuned with my guest, Mr. Joshua Berglund. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Show and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at one 888 346-9141 
That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back. And joining me today, my guest, Mr. Joshua Berglund, known as the world's mayor, who's been sharing his story, how he's come out of darkness. Now he's approaching the light. So we're back, Joshua, to talk about you turned your life around with the Bible, reading scriptures, forgiving your dad, and now realizing that there is a better life for you. So tell us what happened next. Decision that I was going to quit running for my purpose, the same purpose mm-hmm. I've known I was supposed to have. The, 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 the calling that I knew that was all my life from the time mm-hmm. I was seven years old. Um, and I got my first vision after being molested and they just, every time there was a traumatic event, I would get a vision and that's what made me get up and keep fighting. Mm-hmm. So I never gave up. Um, mm-hmm. that said, <laughs> I tried to kill myself plenty. Of, every time I would set out to use drugs, I was trying to die, but God wouldn't take my life. But I finally understood why. And I actually thought that I was going to be in jail for the next five years. And I made a promise that I was going to serve, I was going to do what God called me to do, even mm-hmm. if it was behind bars. Mm-hmm. Well, four days later, I got released. I didn't see the judge, didn't have charges. I got out. Wow. And I'm like, oh crap, now what? <laughs> <laughs> now this God, promise, what's next? <laughs> this promise was a lot easier behind bars. Oh my <laughs> God. Now I, now I have to like go do this. And I didn't know what I was doing, except that I just took the first step. And, and I knew that, you know, as I got closer and spent more time, like I fell in love with doing the work, like all the other times that I tried to turn my life around, the fact was I wasn't committed to doing the work. And, you know, people always like the Bible is a very funny thing. I, I don't subscribe to the religion of Christianity. I do mm-hmm. follow Christ. And I, follow, I mean, I'm, that is my, that is my faith. My faith is centered around Christ. Mm-hmm. my relationship with God. That said, I, I taught, I, the Bible has been the most powerful book in the world for me, and it's not because, you know, you just read it. A lot of people struggle with reading the Bible because they read it like they're reading a James Patterson novel, and it doesn't work that way. No. Um, I really have learned how the Bible will open and unlock for people. And a really quick tip, I've noticed that when I, when I pray and I ask for forgiveness, and I start kind of cleansing out these things and getting these things off my conscience, the things that I could have done better, being aware of it, releasing all of that stuff and asking for forgiveness for it, and then just saying, show me what I need to see today. (laughs) And I have this whole process that I go through before I start reading the Bible. But when I do that, this process, and I, I talk about this a lot on my show, um, and anyone that'll ask me, I'll teach them what I do. But Mm -hmm. I swear to you, when I read the Bible, all of a sudden, it's like I put a key inside of it, and it just opens the door to the secrets and what God and Christ is really trying to teach us and show us. And it's been amazing, and that has been the tool book for me. There's a lot of great books out there that I've written. I've heard your book is absolutely fantastic. Um, You know, there's some other great books, but in the end, for me, my whole day begins with being in a place of surrender with the Bible, and, and, and that is how I start my day every day. Well, you know, Josh, I thank you for that, because, you know, one of the things I was going to ask you, um, because you've done so much and you're really so successful today, that I was going to say, what books did you read? But, you know, it's so important to know that you read the book, which I call the Manufacturer's Manual, because he created mm. us. And so, he, and with everything that we purchase or that has been created, there's an instruction manual that goes with it. And if you follow it step by step, you can put that object or put that product uh, in place. And so that's what I call. And so one of the things I think too, I'm just sort of seconding this, that this is my most powerful book. But one of the things, and I don't know if you share this with people, but that first step was what we call the cleansing process. That cleansing process is mm. asking for forgiveness and clearing and praying for it and then asking for help. Asking. Oh, so, and I love that. So I don't know what it is you tell on the show, but maybe you want to share uh, what do you tell people uh, wh- their first step. And then we'll get on with it because there are other things I want to ask you, too. <laughs> well, it's very important, I think, that you always – I make a declaration 
by uh-huh. just saying, acknowledging God for who mm-hmm. he is. Right. And that is okay. the almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-forgiving, all-loving. And anything can be done to him. I also declare that I truly believe that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit work together as one mm-hmm. to fuel mm-hmm. and to guide me, um, mm-hmm. to make me aware. I, that declaration has been very, very powerful. I actually have a list of declarations that I have, um, I got from the Rock Church in San Diego that's been very, mm-hmm. very powerful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just giving thanks, like gratitude for everything, mm-hmm. and not just saying, well, thank you for my bed, thank you for my, I mean, I, I really, I ask myself why. When I say I'm grateful for my bed, why am I grateful for my bed? I really mm-hmm. try to, like, really let God that I see why this is a blessing for me. Um, praying for other people. Um, is also a part of that. Also, <laughs> making declarations that I believe that, because I really believe that if we align our, 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 not just our vision, but we, our spiritual gifts that we've all been given, we align right. our spiritual gifts and taking the things that hurt us, taking that, and we use all of this to bless other people, I uh-huh. truly believe that we cannot dream big enough. That's right. To, to create this world that is possible for us. Like if you are aligned with your gifts, your purpose, God's vision for your life, your vision, I, I think you get to create it because God, like whatever direction that we go, that we want to use our gifts, God gives us that free will to create. Yes. And there's no cap on it. So if you want to dream of being a billionaire philanthropist, then God bless you, do it because you can create that world. Like that's the world that I'm creating. And, and, and you've and, done but it. You, but that is using your gifts to bless other people. So it's always focused out. And then, of course, asking God for the things that I, I feel like I need that day. And then, after, mm-hmm. and then the forgiveness aspect of it. Then read the Bible. And then it, it, it sounds like a long process. It's not as long. But no, sometimes I get in one of those flows of gratitude it, <laughs> where it's just like, oh, my God, you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you for all of this. But in the end, that's what I, I do before I start reading the Bible, and that truly transforms everything for me. It does. You know, recently uh, in my church, there was a visiting minister, and he had everybody give each other a high five. Not once, not twice, but three times. Okay, high five. I love it. High five. High five. And then he translated that to, can't you just give God 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes in the morning? of your time. Because if you love somebody, when, and we're talking about romance today as well, because it's romance month, everybody thinks of, if you really truly fall in love, do you want to spend time with that person? You want to talk to them on the phone. Yeah. You're texting all the time. You're communicating back and forth. So if you truly, truly love God, you want to spend time with him. So, so it was really a wake-up call. I've been telling a lot of people that. 15 minutes. So anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in because you're doing yeah. you know, a declaration of who he is. So I know all of that and thank you and praying for other people, all of that. But just I hope the listeners understand that just 15 minutes out of your day can truly change your day. I believe that. So thank you so much for giving us that, uh, that little nugget and that little gift. Joshua, one of the things that I know is that when you started, uh, how did you become the expert in brand strategy? So, and then I kind of want to back up a little bit because you felt that God had a calling on your life. And what was your gift? Um, I call it relator or, I mean, what was your, what do you feel was your gift? One of your gifts that you used to become this expert in brand strategy and marketing. And I want to also ask, how do you get to believing that everybody gets to win? Everybody gets to win. Okay. Well, I'm very fortunate to have the gift of vision. And, okay. mm-hmm. you know, some people, I, I, you know, some people call me a visionary empath. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I have a extraordinary ability to not only see people, but feel them. Mm-hmm. And when I see people, it's I see people at their highest self. Like I see what's possible for them. Mm-hmm. But okay. I also that, that transfers into brands and products too. Yes, it so does. I've, uh-huh. in the past, I get hired to come on with brand development to help a brand launch. Mm-hmm. And what it's not just seeing what's possible for that brand. It's also seeing how everything connects in the strategic plan to be able to get it to its highest self. So if I'm working with an individual or if I'm working with 
a product, it's all the same, that the, the gift is the vision of seeing what's possible for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really, there's certain products I'll take on, and here's the deal, I'll be honest, if I, if I don't think that <laughs> there's much possible for the product. <laughs> I won't I won't say anything. I'm very honest about it and and it freaks people out. The truth is that it has, in my history it's scared more people than more people that have stepped up to say yes. I will I I accept this assignment on my life. I mentor a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um I teach people how to build podcasts for free and it's not even about the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's really not. Because it allows Mm -hmm. me, it gives me that time to work with people and mentor them and Mm kind of like let them know, this is what I feel led to do, by the way. And I've used that vehicle to be able to mentor and help other people. But shockingly, what I've experienced since I've been offering this to others is that 99.5% of the people, and I'm not even kidding with these numbers, 99.5% of the people are terrified of their vision and they don't believe it's to be tr- it's true because within them there is there is that self doubt who am i to be this who am i to be famous who am i uh, because they don't have that self confidence in themselves and that's why they're terrified of it who am i to be brilliant and talented and gorgeous actually who you who are you not to be I always ask people the question. And you, you, you're a child of God, and playing small is not going to serve the world. So, And that's what we're here to do. We are here to serve. That's exactly right. Period. So, so um, the other thing, part of that, too, that is a lot of mm-hmm. people are afraid to own the truth. And, and without truth, like I, I tell this to people all the time, and this is, because I think your individual purpose ties into your brand um, as well, but mm-hmm. people are afraid to step into truth, and so they're like, but all these people will leave me, and all these people will judge me and won't like me. Let me make this really, really clear. If you're not living in truth, those people that you think are your tribe, those people that you think are your friends, they ain't your friends. That's not your tribe. The tr- your tribe comes in truth. The people that are meant to go on the journey with you only come when you stand in truth, period, period. Absolutely. It is, it is a universal law. Like, if you don't want to believe and subscribe to the, the relationship with Christ or God, if you don't want to believe in that, I got news for you. It's a universal law as well. So if you don't want to believe in God, then you can at least believe in a universal law that has been proven and proven and proven and proven. But those people are not your tribe if you're not living in truth. And that is absolutely Absolutely. You must live and speak your truth. I agree. Um, How did uh, people, on a lighter note, begin to call you the world's mayor? Because I know you're um, so infectious. So my mom used meet to you. tell people that I was going to be the mayor someday, like as a child, because I, I've always had a, just this a really, like an almost like a, <laughs> it, it, it's an insane curiosity about everything. It, it's actually what's got me in the most trouble too, because I'm always like I'll go in the wormhole with anything, trying to discover. I love hidden knowledge. I love the, what something truly means. I love getting to the root of it. The reason why I'm so good at helping people connect um, and putting people together and I'm able to work in all of these industries just using my spiritual gifts is because in the end, it comes down to the core of who someone is to know mm-hmm. what's possible for them. That is, it's an, 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 this ability to get to the core of an issue to discover truth, to discover purpose, to discover the vision. And so I've always, I've naturally been like this since a chi- I was a child, but it was not until I moved to San Diego and I'm walking up the streets of little Italy, San Diego, and I'm just talking like, God, I, you know, thank you for this. And thank you. Like <laughs> the way that I got my place in San Diego was a miracle. It was an absolute miracle. And I, I was not far removed from being homeless. And I'm just, it's it just amazing stuff mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that transpired to get this dream place in San Diego in Little Italy. I, it was unbelievable. So I'm doing this gratitude. I'm like, man, I love this place so much. I should run for mayor. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I Googled what a mayor was and what they did. And I didn't know this about my mom telling people that I was going to be the mayor someday until after the fact. But one day on my show, 
I was like going, I love this city. Oh my gosh, I'm, I, should, I, I think I'm going to run for mayor. And then immediately people started calling me the mayor. They just went with it. Well, the problem with that was that I have a global mission. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. my mission in my the vision that I have and I have had um, was globally, is it's globally inspired, like going to Russia, working in China, working in uh, Japan, working in Australia, and all throughout Europe, you know, all the uh-huh. Asian countries, uh-huh. all of Mexico, all of Central America, South America, like all of it. Like I have this mission and this vision uh-huh. for how I want to help and serve in these communities and bring awareness to issues that people are not talking about. And I, I want to work there, serve there. And then also elevate the messages of people there because my gift as a communicator, my ability to and desire to help other people win uh-huh. also comes in being able to ask questions in a way that are able to elevate other people's messages. So, like, I have this gift of helping other people rise. And, yes, you and do. I am more passionate about helping other people win than I am myself. And it has come to my det- the detriment of financial opportunities. It's, it's, it's backfired on me in ways. However, God has always put me exactly where I'm supposed to be. The whole idea of everybody gets to win is simply this. If we mm-hmm. focus on using our spiritual gift, our gift, the thing that we're naturally good at, whatever you want to call it, it is a spiritual gift. We all have them. If, if you focus on using that gift to bless other people, that is how you change the world. And if we all do that, think about the ripple effect. Okay, so let's, let's think about being selfish for a second. Mm-hmm. When we make selfish decisions or we use our gifts selfishly, what happens is we end up hurting other people. And the ripple effect of hurt does not stop at the person that you hurt. The ripple effect of hurt goes on and on and on and on. Thinking about right. the relationships that I wrecked. Well, mm-hmm. that didn't mm-hmm. just affect that woman. That, that affected the woman that went into another relationship or the way she was with her children and so on and so on. But Uh if we do the same thing for good, what we do is inspire others to utilize their gifts to bless other people. And so it's not the, look, I will, the the United Nations is going to give me an award and they're going to call, they're going to officially ornate me as the world's mayor because of the work that I'm going to do. I'm going to do around the world that is going to happen, but it's not about me. It's about mm-hmm. teaching other people to have a world's mayor attitude, which is everybody gets to win. When we do a business deal, we make sure that both sides of the deal win. No one gets screwed over. Because if you do a good deal with somebody, then you can do another good deal and another Absolutely. good deal and another good deal. <clears throat> so it's, always, it's, it's just a mindset of focus out, not in. It's not about me. It's about other people. I love it. I love it, Joshua. And uh, meeting you and knowing you, I know this exactly how you live <laughs> and how you have lived your life. You've worked with so many A-list celebrities and um, people from various, various occupations, and you've done a lot and spoken on a lot of stages. What have you found um, that was most intriguing about many of these uh, celebrities or people that you work with? If there's any one thing that you can say that you found that was intriguing, negative or positive, that you were able to help them with. I, you know, I've, everybody has a need. Mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. has a need. So when you, like a lot of people are afraid to, like whether it's a celebrity or just a normal person, maybe it could just be a woman that you find interesting or a man mm-hmm. that you find interesting. Mm-hmm. There's always mm-hmm. a need. Someone is always, they have a need, there's an area in their life, there's a blind spot. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that no one has it all. <laughs> no, no one, regardless of wealth, I mean, my, my mentor is a billionaire. Um, and uh, I mean, I have very successful people in my life. And I know, even with them, the reason why, even when I was, you know, struggling financially, um, you know, they, there was always a need, and I was always able to offer value, and that is why I was allowed in certain circles, is because I was about serving before anything else. And I'm oh, not would you say that? Would you please say that again? <laughs> well, it, because it, what I find it, most people don't want to serve; they want to be served, 
And I always talk about true no, leadership I, is followership. I, I really feel like what has benefited me the most is I don't talk about serving. I just go do it. Like when I show up to an event or an opportunity is provided, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I show up like I'm getting paid millions of dollars to be there. It is it is just to have a servant's attitude of how can I serve you. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that it's allowed me and it's propelled my career forward because I've had this very a, a legitimate service service mindset where it's how can I help people and everyone has a need. And as far as successful people go, mm-hmm. they're just as insecure as everybody else. I know. I know. And, and, and it, and it, and they're all and even people that are walking in faith and people that are walking with the mm-hmm. Lord, or they have a, you have a spiritual practice that allows mm-hmm. them to mm-hmm. vibrate higher or whatever they call it. The, the truth is that, they still have struggles. They still fight with the same kind of enemy that you fight with. And they, and it just looks different. And yeah, may, things may be pretty on the outside, mm-hmm. but inside people are hurting and struggling too. It, trust is an issue. And when you can't trust your circle or you can't trust the people in your community or you're thinking, you know what, I'm, I'm a multimillionaire and, and, the, and I don't know if I can trust the people around me. That keeps mm-hmm. you up at night. That, <laughs> that's terrifying. So in the end, we're all just humans. The financial, you know, look, I know there's people that live in poverty and there's people that are super, super rich. But in Mm -hmm. the end, when it comes down to it, you are where you are in life because that's exactly where you're supposed to be right now. And there's no magic sauce to anything. I think that if you live in truth, that you are on just as solid foundation as anyone else. And it's amazing the miracles that will happen in your life when you can literally walk your walk day in, day out, just standing and living in truth. It is amazing how that becomes the most powerful resource Mm -hmm. on this planet because you draw the right people to you. You draw Mm -hmm. like a, a better energy you don't have the same obstacles. It allows you to look at problems as opportunities. It shifts everything. So the people, the most empowering, the richest people on earth mm-hmm. that I know are the people that live in truth. And it has nothing to do with success or money. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most important thing. But it's really something for people to find that truth and to live in it. Um, I, I really want to thank you for sharing that because... Uh, these sort of reflect a lot of my sentiments, as you very well know. But, you know, there is something that I always hear is that you are where you are because you want to be. If you want to be someplace different, then it's a choice. So what are you, you know, because you made choices, um, Joshua, to be where you are. I mean, when you got out of prison, there you are, you know, now, oh, I'm out. You had a safe, secure environment where you got three meals or whatever every day. You had a place to stay. Um, you didn't have to worry about medical insurance or all of this. And so here you are, you're out in the world and you're saying, but you had choices. And so it's a ch- the choice is so important. And that's one of the things that really resonated with me was you choose. You absolutely have a choice. You can choose to have a faith or choose not to believe in God. It's a choice. So mm-hmm. you are the product of the choices that you make. Well, anyway, I want to move on to the most intriguing thing I found about you. Wow, wow, wow. You're coming in two movies soon to be released. Wow. Tell us about that. I mean, here you are now going to be on two soon to be released films. Uh, tell us about well, that. <laughs> well, one of them just played at Sundance. Um, they're released now. I think you're, I haven't, I need to, I'm, it's funny. It's on my to-do list today to tweak some things on my website. Um, mm-hmm. I was blessed to be in a movie before I was considered an actor. I still, I loosely call myself an actor now, but yeah, you're um, still acting. I, I introduced I you as on, an actor. <laughs> I, I showed up on set just to bring energy at the, the director's request. And, but when I showed up, I no longer had long hair. I had a bald head and he was like, wait a second. Can you, can you step in and, play this role and I'm like yeah sure and it was just a you know I was just patting someone down like I was security but that led to an opportunity of playing in a different part of the movie that had speaking parts then it led to another part that led to a pretty prominent role in the film Mm -hmm. Um, I say prominent I had two sentences but I got to you know hit someone's (laughs) hand with a hammer Um, 
and it's now playing at Sundance. And uh, it's called The Romancery. And, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. played at Sundance. And uh, Henny Morales is uh, the producer and director. He wrote the book, The Dirt Merchants. And uh, anyway, I was blessed to be a part of that. But actually, when I moved back to L.A., uh, like four months ago, I decided to get into acting just for fun, just for the heck of it, to do voiceover stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, was, I work so much in entertainment anyway. And I have a part of my vision outside of having a ministry is having my own, like, I, I, I want, I, I'm creating a, my own network, like, like Oprah, like Oprah's done. And like, I want to create, I want to direct and produce films. I want to do I very much what TD Jakes has done. And uh, that's part of my vision with my ministry uh-huh. because I understand the media, media is the most powerful medium in the world. But in that time, I've been so blessed. I was part of the NFL commercial uh, that played at the Super Bowl. Um, I've, I've, I'm in another movie getting to play someone very similar to my father. Um, and I've a couple, couple commercials I've been already. So I've, it's been a lot of fun, Oh, but honestly, my, my ministry and the talk show gratitude unfiltered, which the ministry is called gratitude unfiltered. Also, that is what I'm the most passionate about. That is, that is what I will get geeked out and start crying about thinking about. I started a show on my phone a year and five months ago now that Mm -hmm. is now filming for television. Uh, I filmed the second episode in San Diego um, this Saturday. Like the, just to know that that childhood vision is coming true is, is just amazing. And the fact is that it started on a phone. (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, I can't believe no, this is possible. That is so wonderful. Oh, my God. Now, what inspired you to cre- create that show, uh, Gratitude Unfiltered? Oh, I love this. Um, I love this question. So I actually was a year and five months ago. I went and heard, saw T.D. Jakes speak at the Rock Church in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And um, there was something that he there's two things that he said that I'll never forget. The blessing is in the breaking. I just wept. <laughs> uncontrollably after he said that because I, that there's so many layers to that. I could do a whole show on what that means. Mm-hmm. But the second thing he talked about was focus on the things that you do have and not what you don't. And he was using the analogy of an airplane trying to land with one wing mm-hmm. and the pilot going, Oh my God, I only have one wing. Oh, I'm going to die. Oh. And then, or I've got one wing and I'm going to land this plane. And so <laughs> I'm like, all right, I, my show fell through on Fox Business. I've had all these TV shows fall through. Like, all this crap is falling through. And I'm like, I'm struggling to get by. I'm thinking I made it. And I'm so butthurt about all of it. And then I heard T.D. Jake say that. And I go, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do this show. I don't have any oh, money. Wonderful. I don't have this. I don't have that. But I have a phone with a camera. And I have Wi-Fi. And I'm going to start intentionally doing this show. And every day, I'm going to treat it like a, a, a like it's a radio show. I'm going to act like it's a show. I'm going to tell everybody it's a show. I'm going to do <laughs> graphics. I'm going to do all of it. So oh. I did it. And then leading up till about 10 months ago, it was called Morning Gratitude. Joshua T. Berglund's Morning Gratitude. It was Morning Gratitude mm-hmm. with the mayor for a while. Shifted that to my name. But I had a relapse about 10 months ago mm-hmm. on with meth. And I got to a place at a really bad fight uh, with a girlfriend at the time. And I got kicked out of my leadership core. Uh, I was part of a leadership Academy. I got kicked out because of this fight because we got in a big argument outside of the, this event and they kicked me out. <clears throat> and I was so distraught because this, these people were my friends. They were my brothers and my sisters. And I not only hated her for uh, doing what she had did to cause this fight. But the fact that I gave into it and Mm -hmm. then I was also angry at myself that I didn't have the courage to leave her. So I would just sabotaged it and I ended up using meth and I I went off. I got two minutes to wrap this up, Joshua. Okay. So anyway, so go on this meth binge. Well, as I'm going through it, I get this, this God, I swear to you, comes to me again and says, I got you. I'm going to let you go through all of this. It's going to hurt. It's going to suck, but I've got you. And I kid you not, the next five days, I had five different people come to me, and they will all back up the story, all gave me a message that came directly from God through them to remind me 
that I need to just surrender and just trust that everything's going to be okay. And, and that helped. is what ignited Gratitude Unfiltered. I am so happy that you shared today. We're going to have you on for part two because listeners, I know that many of you have benefited from hearing Joshua's story today and know that whatever background, circumstances, obstacles, or traumas that you have faced or you're angry, depressed, know that this is your time and say to yourself, this is your time for love, for success, and that you can do what Joshua did. Reach out, read that Bible, look to God, cling to what is ahead. And I'm so thankful to have you on the show today, Joshua, to share all of the wonderful things that have happened to you. And I want to wish you more success because I know God has a lot more for you in 2019, Mm -hmm. 2020. So thank you, Joshua, for sharing again today. I'll have to have you for part two, and I really mean that because you got a lot more to say to help enhance the lives of so many people who are out there. God bless you, Dr. Young. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, thank you. And this is Dr. Barbara Young signing off until next week. Fabulous, inspiring guest today we had. Oh, yes. So have a blessed week. And I'll see you here next week, same time, with Dr. B. Thank you and have a blessed week. appreciate you joining us for transformation for success please join your host dr barbara young again next tuesday at 3 p.m eastern time that's 12 noon pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel or join us for our replay every friday at 3 p.m eastern time and 12 noon pacific time on the voice america business channel have an outstanding week Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance,